Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, worker stories and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. This episode, we will be featuring elections. First up, the effect of a workers-led campaign in the recent ACT elections, and secondly, the Members First campaign team talk from the barricades as arguably the most successful cohesive CFMEU branch, Victoria, has elections coming up. So what does it all mean? But first, some union news. In the last three weeks, the Australian construction industry has been rocked by the deaths of five workers. Two in Queensland, one in Western Australia, one in New South Wales and the latest in Victoria. The most recent death was on Wednesday the 26th of October at the Convention Centre site in central Melbourne. A union organiser had this to say. It's absolutely been a shocking couple of weeks in the building industry, and um, this is no, this is terrible uh, situation down there. I think it was about approximately about three thirty last Wednesday. Um, the Steelcon, who are putting up the main structure package there, were doing some steel work. Uh, one of their workers, um, Ivaka Andrusevic, um, who's a AMWU member, but also has been a long time CFMU member, working for. ID. I think he worked in their yard and all that. Very well known in the Croatian community. They come across him. They come across this uh, work situation where um, the boom lift was working in a little, a fairly confined, confined area, probably four or five metres up. And uh, it, it, it looks like for now that he's been um, crushed up against the steel, um, and in some terrible circumstances. Like I said, and the boys come across him. Look, just want to pay a special mention to the, the guys out there who um, helped out trying to bring Ivarka down. Unfortunately, he passed away, but um, they had the ox, oxygen bottle and the defibrillators there to get get him going. But unfortunately, uh, it, they couldn't do anything for him, couldn't save him. The CFMEU has called on construction workers to come together on sites across the country and wear black armbands as a sign of respect for those lost on Thursday the 3rd of November. Before we leave the CFMEU, it has been announced that the EBA negotiations, which have been ongoing, are reaching a positive end in the construction industry, despite the Federal Government's push for the ABCC legislation that is designed to undermine union representation on sites. A CFMEU representative from the National Office had this to say. Months and months and months of negotiation and mucking around and all the rest of it. Lend-Lease finally had uh, their vote on their new agreement. And uh, am I correct in saying that it was unanimous? Unanimous bar one. Bar one? Bar one, yeah. Bar one? Who yeah. was this lunatic? One, one, one vote against it, but um, yeah, that's all right. You can never... Um, but yeah, so national, well, a multi-state agreement, New South Wales, ACT, and uh, Victoria um, votes are held on Thursday. Um, um, so after all the votes were counted, um, it was um, as I say, unanimous bar one to approve the agreement. Um, so pretty well that once the agreement's been voted on, it's technically when it's been made. Just got to get the formalities done, agreement signed, and all the paperwork done. Um, Pleasing the report also that Queensland. 
um, were negotiating their agreement concurrently with Lynn Lease and the Richard Agreement in principle. They should be tidying that up on Tuesday. Um, WA, likewise, we've got their agreement approved. South Australia is pretty close behind. Um, and there's a bit of mopping up to do with a couple of yards in Victoria and um, and New South Wales. Um, and that's pretty well um, sorts out the building industry side of it for Lean Lease. Bit of work to be done around civil in a few states. Um, um, but it was been a bit of a time lot, a uh, bit of a race against the clock to try and get this agreement up and, and done before um, any changes um, coming in regarding the code um, or the government's proposed code. So. Um, Good effort to all, all concerned. Further to the position in Queensland, it has been reported on November the 30th that five CFMEU organisers will be charged for, quote, convincing workers to walk off six watt pack sites because it is understood the subcontractors were found to be non-EBA compliant. The Fair Work Building and Construction's Nigel Hedgekiss has popped up saying the allegations raised in this case are very serious. One wonders if this is a spoiler attempt just when the industry seems to be getting tired of the government's anti-union agenda. Some employers, emboldened by the federal government's persistent anti-union stance, have been using the police as a tool of industrial law. In the most recent reported waste of police time, the Meat Workers Union, the AMIEU, Union organisers were harassed at Thomas Foods in Murray Bridge, despite having legal right of access, which was confirmed by WorkSafe. What was novel about this incident was that this factory has two canteens which have always been available for the union organisers to meet with members. Only this time, one was made out of bounds and the police were called. It leads one to wonder if this nonsense of using police as part of industrial relations is intended as provocation on the part of employers or buying time to cover misdemeanours. The Australian Nursing and Midwifery Foundation South Australia branch has received a formal offer from the South Australian Government representatives in response to enterprise bargaining claims. You'll remember that we reported that the union had called strike action for late September but can now report that the government has come to the party on key issues. The offer is now under review before going to members for a vote. You're on Stick Together with Annie McLaughlin. In the recent ACT elections, the peak organisation for unions in the ACT entered the fray, deciding to run a We Are Union campaign. Alex White, Secretary Union ACT, explained what happened and if they achieved their aim. So in the lead-up to the, uh, the ACT election and following the, uh, the federal election, Unions ACT uh, basically took the, the learnings from the federal Build a Better Future campaign and applied them in the ACT. So what that meant is that we uh, invested very heavily in a field, grassroots field, organising campaign. There are five electorates in the ACT with a multi-member electorate, so that means that there's uh, five positions to be elected in five electorates, 25 altogether. And what we did was uh, create uh, five what we call We Are Union groups. So the campaign that we ran was called the We Are Union campaign, so it was very similar if you're in Victoria to the We Are Union campaign in 2014. 
we created local activist groups. We are union activist groups in every one of the electorates, and we uh, gave them uh, training and resources, a budget of $1,000 uh, each, in order to uh, hold events, produce their own material, and otherwise act as a, a semi-autonomous volunteer group. So that was in the, the sort of month or two after the federal election. We sat down, we uh, held the first meetings of all those uh, volunteers. Uh, we gave them um, the information that they needed and what they, how they would be able to access the resources we were providing them. And then uh, the organisers based in Unions ACT worked with those activist groups over the next three months leading up to the ACT election. We, we certainly did phone banks. Canberra's a pretty, very small territory. So most of the time, most of the phone calls that we were doing were able to be made with volunteers coming into our office. But we made available a tool, which is called Call Hub, that allows volunteers to log in remotely so they can just go to a, um, our website. There's a link there and they were able to um, do the calls from their own home or from a central uh, location that was not our office. So we provided the volunteers with training on how to use the tool, uh, training on how to have persuasive conversations. The online tool actually called their phone so they didn't have to put at any expense. And then they got a, a list of people to call, the data that they had to input, a rough script or talking points that they could use to talk to undecided voters. What we're trying to do is have a, a centralised, coordinated campaign, but to decentralise the volunteers and to empower them out in the community. The things that they were interested in doing, uh, less so than the, the calls, was to go out and do street stalls, go to community markets and use their existing community connections, identifying as the We Are Union campaign, as union members, but using their local connections in all the little regional town centres that Canberra has to get our message out there about universal health care, about penalty rates, about public services. The issues that we fought the campaign on would be very familiar to anyone who paid attention to the Build a Better Future campaign. Those issues are pretty uh, universal. People in Canberra care about quality public services. They care about uh, having Medicare and affordable health care. They care about workers' rights and penalty rates. And so those are the issues that when we asked working people, what do you care about in the upcoming ACT election, it was very, very similar to the issues that we took to the federal election. Well, Canberra's not a normal town. It's uh, a majority of people who work there are actually employed by the government and public servants are under attack. So, Yes, that's yeah. right. There's uh, about 200,000 working people in in Canberra, about 80,000 are federal public servants, so it's not a majority, but certainly uh, it is a public service town. The public service is the mining industry of, of Canberra. It's what uh, it's the, the ACT public service and the federal public service are the two largest uh, employers in town, and then the third largest are some of the, the universities. So it is certainly public services and um, ensuring that there's quality public services, uh, both that... Uh, Jobs are secure, but also that people who receive the public services, so the, the community, uh, is also uh, well-funded. So that was a major issue, um, and healthcare was the other major issue, ensuring that there was um, quality, affordable healthcare. Canberra has one of the lowest rates uh, of bulk billing in the country, and it's uh, got, very, got the smallest number of bulk billing uh, GP practices in the country. So affordable healthcare was a major issue and one of the uh, campaign pledges by the local Canberra Liberals, who are the most extreme conservative branch of the Liberal Party in Australia, 
was to close down nurse uh, walk-in centres, nurse-led walk-in centres. So this was one of the ways that the ACT government was trying to uh, improve access to affordable healthcare by having so you you know a lot of issues you can go to and you can be seen by a nurse. You don't necessarily need to see a doctor. And obviously, uh, closing those, in addition to the job losses, was enormously unpopular because it was um, reduced the access to affordable healthcare. So we certainly campaigned. Like we had a very um, grassroots volunteer campaign that was uh, focused on those those bread and butter issues. Why did you decide to do this? I mean, this obviously has to have gone through a process and why did did it seem like this was the thing that needed to be done? It's fixed terms in the ACT, so we knew last year that uh, the ACT election was coming. The government before the election was a Labor-Greens coalition government. The Labor Party had been the the major governing party for 14 years. So it was a very, very long time. It was a very... It's always a problem when uh, a government is there for a long time, whatever flavour. That's right. That's right. So although the government had renewed itself over the years, it had been in power for for 14 years. The other major issue that was facing the electorate was uh, a big infrastructure project, which was the government proposing to build a light rail network. So that is a tram. Uh, So people in Victoria would be familiar with the east-west link controversy where one side of politics proposes to build major infrastructure, the other side of politics proposes to tear up the contracts and not build it. So in in Canberra, it was a billion dollar public transport infrastructure that the government was proposing to build. The the Canberra Liberals, the opposition, proposed to tear it up and um, waste $300 million on um, uh, contract cancellation fees. Unions um, discussed with our members and um, we decided to support the light rail and to um, uh, and that the various other policies that the, the Canberra Liberals were proposing, they didn't support penalty rates, they had no guarantees about public services, they were the only Liberal Party to support the cuts to, uh, the Abbott government cuts to uh, the health budget, so $600 million in cuts to the ACT. So for all those reasons, 12 months ago, we decided to start preparing uh, for a campaign to uh, raise uh, workers' issues as, and to get them on the agenda for the election. We decided to focus on a field campaign because of the nature of the Canberra electoral system, which is called a Hare Clark system. If you listeners that don't know, Hare Clark system uh, basically means that, um, as I described, there are multi-member electorates. So in, in Victoria or federally, each electorate, there's only one uh, member of parliament to be elected. Uh, in the ACT, like Tasmania, it's like the, like a similar to the Senate. So the proportional system, the preferential system, uh, there's a, additional complications added to it, which are that um, uh, there's no there's no tickets uh, because of a thing called the Robson rotation, so it means that political parties, every candidate is in a random order. So every, literally every ballot paper looks different. The combination of all those peculiarities means that a field campaign that is grassroots organising, volunteers talking to uh, everyday people in the communities has a far greater impact than almost any other kind of campaigning. The election, in the end, was decided in by 400 votes in each of the electorates. Wow. And the reason for, the reason for that is uh, the inbuilt nature of Hare Clark and preferences, the preferential system of Hare Clark, means that the fifth person to be elected in each of the five electorates was elected uh, by about 400 votes. So it was very close in every electorate. There's no... So the, the, even if there was a very strong swing one way or the other, mm. uh, it would still, it's by design, every election is very close. 
so we knew that if we can if we could talk to union members and we could talk to union supporters and the supporters of things like penalty rates and Medicare and public services, uh, then we would be able to change the outcome of the election. And you did. And we did. Yes, there was a uh, over a three point swing against uh, the Canberra Liberals, uh, and a very um, small uh, swing, less than zero point five percent, against the incumbent Labor and the Greens Party. So that was uh, a result, principally because of the uh, the very strong campaign that we ran, uh, an awareness campaign that we, where we had volunteers, community members going out talking with their neighbours about the risks of a Liberal government, the risks that they, just like in every other jurisdiction, uh, or they say one thing before the election, they immediately break all their promises and start sacking nurses, sacking teachers, closing schools, cutting public services. And selling so we know that, that And yeah, privatisation. So we know that, that that's what um, the Canberra Liberals, obviously they weren't going to, and they didn't, go out before the election and say, we're going to start, we're going to sack it large numbers of public servants are going to cut services because, and no Liberal Party has ever done that before an election. Uh, but we know every single time they've ever been elected, they've held a commission of audit, they've used that as the basis to break all their promises and start cutting. So uh, our, our chief job was to talk to people and uh, make them aware of all those cuts in other states and to make them think about what was at risk if the Liberal Party was elected in the ACT. And obviously having the Abbott-Turnbull government uh, in the federal parliament um, crystallised, made real a lot of those concerns because, as I said, 80,000 people in Canberra are public servants and have lived experiences. 13,000 federal public servants were sacked in the last three years. 7,000 of those were in Canberra, and that represents just under 5% the entire Canberra workforce. So you can imagine any community that in just two years loses 5% of its workforce uh, would normally be hit by a recession. It was it's a massive shock. Uh, almost no other community would be able to withstand that. But because we had a very progressive government, a Labor-Greens government, they were willing to invest in maintaining public services. They actually increased the size of the ACT public service. They pumped a lot of money into the ACT economy. And so that uh, kept the economy... The, Canberra out of recession. So there was a very distinct, very clear choice that people had. And uh, because of the field campaign, the, the volunteer campaign, the mobilisation of these local uh, union members and union supporters in various communities, we were able to get that information and get that uh, message out to, to voters. Thanks very much for uh, outlining this uh a campaign. It's very interesting. And uh, you'd think that uh, considering that uh, people uh, work in Canberra in the public service, they they are giving a clear message. They're like the canary in the cage, aren't they? <laughs> mm. Well, I think the only other thing I would say is that this is part of a, a systemic change in the union movement. So it obviously started in Victoria, the launch of the We Are Union movement in Victoria, uh, the continuation of that campaign in Victoria, but also the expansion to build a better future campaign that the ACTU and the National Union Movement are running. And now the We Are Union campaign in um, the ACT, there'll be variations all around the country. This is a, a systemic change uh, to community organising by the, the union movement, which is unlike the, the Eurites at Work, which is a sustained three-year campaign, but then we, we finished it. 
all of the all of these organisations, Victorian Trades Hall, Unions ACT, the ACTU have all structurally readjusted so that the campaigning will continue forever. So certainly at Unions ACT, these We Are Union groups will continue to be resourced with um, keeping on our organisers beyond the election. It's not just about an election. This is about building power uh, for working people forever. So it's the big change that uh, your listeners and working people around Australia are going to be seeing over the next few years. You're on Stick Together with Annie, Union News and Workers' Stories. The construction wing of the Victorian CFMEU, arguably the most successful and cohesive of the state branches, has been called on to run elections for organiser positions. It has given the incumbent team of organisers a chance to strut their stuff in a campaign called Members First. I spoke to Rob Gormans from the Members First team for some background. I'm on the organisers ticket, so there's 16 elected organisers at the branch and we have an extra person running outside of that ticket, so there's 17 people on the ticket and 16 positions. And what are those kind of positions? Uh, Well, they're organisers' positions, uh, and then there is another ticket for the Divisional Branch Management Committee. There are seven positions, uh, well, seven positions for uh, the carpenters, and we have one person running uh, for a carpenter's position outside of those seven, so there is eight to choose from. Uh, and there's seven on uh, the workers' first ticket. So, And that same person is the same person running for the organisers' ticket as well. And so that means that an election has to be held? Absolutely. So the executive have all been elected unopposed, the state council, the national conference delegates uh, have all been elected unopposed. There is only the organisers' positions and the divisional branch management committee, otherwise known as the DBMC. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because um, CFMEU is under a lot of pressure from the outside and now it's got to concentrate on this election because someone's put their hand up. That, that, that's right. Um, and, you know, people say there's no good time for an election, but there couldn't be a worse time at the moment because it's not only uh, what's going on. There's, there's a number of things going on around the EBA and uh, protected action with a number of building companies that's happening Right at this time, there's also a committal hearing over some ACCC allegations, etc., um, with the uh, with the uh, senior people on the executive. So it does take our uh, eye off the ball, as it were, to run an election. What are the issues that this other person has put forward as being important? He hasn't really put up a lot uh, about what he wants to actually do. He's just saying that he feels he deserves a chance. So um, my 11 years as uh, uh, as an official and uh, five of those prior to that as a shop steward and as a rank and filer for the last 20 odd years, rank and file member, I've never seen the bloke do one positive thing for the, for the branch, never seen him at a rally, I've never seen him at a fundraiser or a barbecue or anything like that, so I'm not too sure why he feels he's uh, entitled to a position. Oh, that's very interesting. So it costs a lot of money, doesn't it, to do, run an election? Indeed. Um, we're not too sure what this is going to cost us, but, um, you know, um, there's been a fair, fair bit of money spent on uh, flyers, paste-ups, all sorts of bits and pieces, you know, how to vote cards, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, that doesn't come out of the general revenue. That doesn't, that doesn't, uh, that's not the members' money as it would be. Um, but, you know, every organiser puts in a certain amount of money every, every week as an org. So for 11 years, I've had my pay, 
you know, doctors it were, now's the time we have to spend this money. So we'd rather not spend it on this. We'd rather spend that sort of money putting it back in into the uh, into the branches we do, putting it back into the membership, which is what we do on a yearly basis. So this is a, probably a few years' worth of money that could go back to the members directly. That's not going to, now. People would say that uh, having an election is a good thing because it uh, opens up uh, for scrutiny. I, I don't disagree. I uh, I think if it was a genuine runner, we'd feel exactly the same, but it's, this fellow's not genuine. He tried eight years ago to run, was defeated, and, you know, for unknown reasons to me, he didn't run four years ago, but um, he's having another go now. Uh, and I totally agree that, um, you know, and my experience eight years ago that the election was a very good thing. The membership liked to see the rank and file and organisers and shop stewards out there door knocking, having conversations around how they feel the union can move forward uh, and you know some of the problems and some of the issues that they're encountering on site. And so door knocking indeed and uh, phone callings has been a positive thing. It's just a really bad time. So what, what's the timeline? When's it happening? Uh, well, the ballot opens on the 7th of November yep. and it's open for 21 days and closes at 4pm on the 28th. So we'll have a result you know, that uh, we would assume late on the 28th of November. So, um, you know. So there's one position that this person's going for? Two. He's going for two, two positions. positions. Two positions. So it's an organiser's position and a DBMC position. Uh, so, you know, when the ballot goes out, it'll be, it'll be in one envelope, but there'll be two ballots, very similar to what we've all just gone through with the so, council election. So he hasn't got a whole ticket. Uh, no. He hasn't got a whole ticket. It's no. only He just wants one position. Just wants one. He wants an organiser's position, position and he or, wants a DBMC position. Well, he can get both. If he, get, or, if he, can get, if he gets up, he may get either or. But um, obviously we're hoping that's not the case. And would it be true to say that uh, he's got personal ambitions uh, if he's if you've already got a working team, then it will be interesting, won't it? If he were to get up, absolutely. What? Well, interesting's a, a word you could use. I think it'd be disruptive more than more than int- interesting, because um, there is quite a bit of history with the individual and a number of uh, people within the organisation, uh, and it won't be an easy thing. And it's just one thing we don't need uh, ever uh, to have that type of uh, negativity around around the branch. And he's always had a ticket, right? He ha- He's a member. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why he didn't run four years ago because he didn't qualify because you need to be financial at the right time every turn of the ticket. So if you let your ticket lapse, um, you know, you, you can't run. So he's yeah, he's been quite uh, quite good this time around at uh, making sure he's financial and good luck to him. Um, we're running a fair campaign and uh, hopefully, you know, we get up in the end. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Alex White and Rob Gormans for talking to us. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. Remember... Wherever you are or whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.